MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson. Now a part of the Beeson Family and Podcast, and we got a great podcast for you. In the second segment, we're going to be joined by the founder of Heat Check CBB, Eli Becker. He's doing an amazing job putting together the Almanac. That is a little bit of a collaboration between Heat Check CBB, Field of 68, the three-man weave to get you set for the upcoming season. He's taking a look at a lot of the West Coast schools, so I'm going to be asking him about some of the schools that he's been evaluating that he's starting to feel a little bit more bullish on. On top of that, we're going to be talking about some of the late transfer portal moves and the fact that it's actually changing the way that we're going to be taking a look at transfers for this next season. And we're going to have a little bit of a chat as to when it comes to evaluating transfers, how the fact that a lot of these guys aren't sitting out a year is actually a little bit of a negative for some of these cases. And if there are any guys that wound up sitting out last season that we can maybe extract a little bit of value from as well. And a little bit of a spoiler, most of these guys that we're going to be mentioning, they are more out here on the West Coast with that regard as well. So going to be having that chat with Eli in the second segment. In the final segment, do wind up seeing a few guys wind up moving around. So we're going to have a brief recap of everything that we've seen in college basketball really over the last 48 hours. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast? You do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M, maybe does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're before whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great chat with Eli, so that is coming your way next right here on Coast to Coast with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Peace Family Podcast. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to have this guest on as Eli Becker. He is the founder and really the man that operates Heat Check CBB. He does absolutely amazing work taking a look at the great game of college basketball. He, like myself, is based out here on the West Coast in the great state of Washington. For Eli, I'm to be able to follow him on Twitter. That's at Becker underscore Eli. Last name is spelled B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R underscore and then Eli. He also does some great work over there at All Access Network and Athletic Director U. And Eli, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Greg. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. And something else I do appreciate is that we've got a lot that is going down in college basketball right now. And I mean, based on what we wound up seeing in August with the transfer portal, I think that that really led to the NCAA stepping up and having sort of the transfer portal windows that we're going to be seeing next season where there's like a 60-day notification sort of timeline that guys are going to need to follow. And I do think that it is really interesting to see what wound up happening that led to this because I feel like what happened with Keontae Johnson, him going to Kansas State, and then Western Kentucky poaching away from Memphis, Emmanuel Aikon, and then Memphis poaching away from UIC, Demaria Franklin, and essentially leaving UIC high and dry. That wound up leading to a lot of this. And I do think that with everything that we did wind up seeing the last few weeks, it is going to be interesting to see how these guys wind up doing in their new locations, just because we're just not used to seeing this much player movement this late in the offseason. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how the transfer portal windows take place. I think it is long overdue just given where the sport is headed with so many players who are transferring on a yearly basis and the numbers speak for themselves with how transfer movement has impacted men's college basketball and other sports around the country. But I do think that it's going to be interesting to see what the ripple effect looks like as far as the transfer portal windows is concerned. I will say, first off, I I do think that this is a beneficial move for both coaches and for student athletes to know that there is a set period of time of when these players can transfer without needing any sort of waiver approvals. Um, Of course, I do think that what we will See, unless reported otherwise, is that players who still transfer outside of that uh, transfer portal window, I would imagine then would have to require a waiver. And as we have seen from the NCAA, for better or for worse, depending on the person's opinion, 99% of the time those waivers do get approved, even if it's outside of this transfer portal window that has been now approved. So I think it's fascinating in the sense that a lot of the transfers that usually the usually the transfer portal gets going in mid-March, and that's typically when the regular season ends, conference tournament ends. That's when there is head coaching movement. And to have the least men's basketball transfer portal opening up the Monday, the day following Selection Sunday, that's a lot of action going on at a particular time. And one of the things that I have seen reported or at least spoken about that I do think could have a substantial impact on what these, this recruiting window looks like is that a lot of the coaches now, as I've learned and as I've spoken to a lot of head coaches around the country, is that experience matters and recruiting 
transfers, at least in comparison to incoming freshmen, is a lot of coaches now prioritize that experience and prioritize knowing what a player can produce at the Division One level. By that, kind of the ripple effect here is that I do think that instead of a lot of these recruiting events that happen over the course of the spring, I do think a lot of coaches are going to prioritize hosting transfers or hosting different events or different on-campus visits that are instead focused on transfers instead of you know the upcoming year's incoming freshmen. So I do think that what the overall impact of this could be is that as we have seen now as kind of an increasing trend in recent years is that coaches will prioritize transfers even more than they have as far as in comparison to graduates uh, out of high school because that just is the nature of the game these days and if you can get a certain thing, I think if you can, if you're a, say, a mid-major program and you can get a double-digit score from a low-major conference who's been doing it for two, three years, I think you prioritize that over that late recruiting window when you might pick up a freshman who isn't quite ready to contribute for another year or two. So is what the situation is like these days in college basketball and these coaches are expected to field a competitive team right from the jump. It's not really what it was like, say, five, ten years ago. So it's a uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with this, but I do think having a window is, is beneficial for all parties. I do agree with you, as we do have Eli Becker does a great job over there at Heat Check CBB joining me on the podcast, and you mentioned it. Just expecting everyone that wanted transferring to be eligible. We've got a super-duper rare exception with Honor Huff right now. He's transferring from VMI to Chattanooga. I think that the SoCon has some school that you can't like transfer within the conference or something like that, unless if you're a graduate student, which is why he's like the only player right now that is being forced to sit out. I don't know if you've been thinking of any other examples, but right now the only one that comes to mind for me is Hunter Uff. And unless if you wind up hearing otherwise, I don't know if you've got anything different than what I'm saying right now, but I think that you should just expect all these guys to be out there night number one. Now there might be some guys that they – choose to wind up redshirting when it's all said and done. But unless if you wind up hearing otherwise, assume that all these guys are eligible. You really don't need to check in on Twitter to know if your favorite team's guy is eligible immediately because there will be lots of outcry if he's not. Yeah, that's kind of the status quo right now in college basketball. And I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I have spoken with coaches who row transfer movement are and are in support of players being able to be immediately eligible to play at their new school, whether it's the coach's team themselves or if it's with another team. I don't necessarily believe that restriction is a, is a good thing in this case, but the wrinkle to that is that I've spoken with coaches who really find quite a bit of benefits in that redshirt year. And we have seen teams in the past who have brought in transfers, which used to be the case and used to be commonplace is that unless you are a grad transfer, then pretty much every transfer was expected to sit out and take a redshirt year. And we still have it in some irregular cases these days. I think one of the most prominent sit-out transfers for this upcoming season in our neck of the woods is Jaden Ledee from San Diego State, who's transferring over, previously being with both TCU and Ohio State. And San Diego State's a program that's had a lot of redshirt transfer success, and they had the same thing with Malachi Flynn. Because in some cases, it takes time for the players to adjust to new schemes, to a new coaching staff, to a new conference in most cases. And so I think that with that going away, in most cases, it kind of impacts what 
roster building looks like. And I recently spoke with Richie Riley from South Alabama. That's something that he has had to develop or change in their roster building strategy. And of course, as we've spoken about on this podcast, South Alabama has been one of the most successful programs nationwide in terms of acquiring transfer portal talent. And that's something that they've had to adjust to because they were able to build out their roster multiple years when they were able to bring in redshirt transfers. So it's just another wrinkle that there is in college basketball these days. Every coach has to adjust. Those that are not necessarily as capable of changing on the fly are going to have less success with it. We've had, we've, we've definitely seen plenty of coaches who aren't necessarily proponents of the transfer portal, but it is kind of this situation where, for lack of a better term, it's kind of an adapt or die situation. So we're seeing this sport change drastically over these past five to 10 years, and some things are going to benefit coaches other things are going to make it more of a challenge but I will say from what I've gathered the last handful of years I know that coaches would love to have rosters solidified earlier in the offseason we've seen now the NBA draft deadline pushed back substantially we've seen transfers being able to play immediately as late as now September sometimes even October I believe it was Gonzaga's had a transfer to become immediately eligible in October so I think just establishing this earlier in the whole annual calendar will make it a lot easier, not only for coaches, but it makes it a lot easier for us trying to project these teams as well. I totally agree. I do think that just trying to take a look at some of these teams with all these moving parts that can be a little bit difficult. And I'm so glad that you brought up the point of guys that wind up sitting out because I feel like what we wound up seeing during the 2020-21 season with Baylor wound up leading to a lot more teams deciding that, you know what, Baylor wound up having so much success with transfers, won the national championship. Let's dive in and on it. Let's dive in on it as well. And Jonathan Chamochachua, Adam Flagler, Davion Mitchell, Macy Oteague. These were four of the top six players in terms of total points from that team that won the title. All guys that transferred, but all guys that wound up redshirting a year as well. And I think that that's something so important that you do wind up bringing up as joining me on the podcast. We do have Eli Becker. He does a great job over there at he checks CBB and are there any guys that wind up coming to mind that they wound up either redshirting or they just sat out due to injury in general that they might be a little bit out of sight out of mind that they could wind up having a big impact this year because you mentioned it there are fewer of these guys if I'm looking at one that I feel like is an out of sight out of my mind guy that he could wind up having a big impact this year it's Zach Harvey I was thinking he was gonna have a big year last year for UC Santa Barbara I believe he wound up getting injured prior to the season but he's still with the program someone that I was at Cincinnati shot right around 45 percent from three He's a guy that I looked to that sat out last year. I think that him being able to get down the system, being able to watch everything that winds up going on with the program for a year. Oh, yeah, and you wind up bringing in the top rebounder from California last year in Andre Kelly to be able to help out as well. I think that that's going to be able to help them out. But are there any other guys that either they wanted breadshirting last year or they were just out due to injury in general? They had to absorb the system for a year that they could wind up making an impact, much like I was laying out with Harvey. It's funny you ask this because this is a topic that would have been so prevalent even two to three years ago, because in many cases you had your top grad transfer list and then you had your top sit-out transfer list. And I think just off the top of my head, besides, as you mentioned, Zach Harvey, Jaden Ledee comes to mind because he's out in my neck of the woods and is a pretty significant redshirt transfer. I'm sure we're collectively missing on a handful of impact guys, but off the top of my head, it really is challenging to pinpoint. And I think that speaks to the greater message here, which is just that this isn't commonplace anymore. And I think that 
so many of these coaches now have to build rosters that are a year at a time because we used to be able to have these scholarship charts and you still see it. You still see it online that you can have a scholarship chart that maps out the next four years and you might have your juniors and you can map them out for the next two years. It really isn't like that anymore. Every roster is built at a year at a time and it just causes these coaches to have to make decisions on the fly. So not to provide a non-answer there, but as far as sit out transfers off the top of my head, it really is challenging to think of notable names that are out there. And just, I do think it speaks to the overall level of what college basketball looks like these days when most of these transfers all are immediately eligible and it's just kind of the status quo in the sport right now. The only guys I'm really thinking of are guys that wound up being injured last year. Like I mentioned Harvey, the fact that he wound up missing the season due to injury. Someone like a Quincy Allen, who he was supposed to be a relatively solid freshman for Colorado last year. Most publications wound up having him in the top 100. He winds up getting injured during the preseason. I could see him having a relatively big impact for a Colorado team that I think winds up flying under the radar year in and year out in the Pac-12. So, I mean, that's one that comes to mind. But to your point, I mean, we're just taking a look at things and most of these guys, they wound up being injured rather than voluntarily saying, you know what, I'm just going to sit up for being able to absorb the system to try to be a little bit more prepared when I do wind up hitting the floor as well. So good point, Sarah. It's Eli Becker. He does an amazing job over there at Heatcheck CBB. He is joining me on the podcast. And Eli, I know that I've asked you this quite a bit, but I know that you guys over there at Heatcheck CBB since the last time you were on revealed that you guys are going to be a part of the college basketball almanac that is going to be put out by the field of 68 three band. We've also going to be contributing to that. And I know that you're doing a lot of research for this upcoming season, just taking a look at a whole bunch of teams to get a set for the upcoming season. As you've been doing a lot more of your research, have you had a little bit of a change in opinion on any of these teams as you've been diving into these teams a little bit more for these previews, whether it be to the negative or the positive, just when you wind up taking a look at them, you have a little bit of a different outlook on them in general? That's a good question. I covered the Mountain West and the WAC for the Almanac, which is a, is a quick promo, of course. Anyone who's out there can purchase the Almanac. We currently have a pre-order. You can get this for a discounted rate at fifteen ninety nine, which is a, a nice chunk of change off of the nineteen ninety nine later this month. Coverage of every single team across Division One, thirteen hundred plus words for every single Division One team. But with that aside, covering the Mountain West and the WAC, uh, these are two interesting conferences that put together really strong seasons this past year. The Mountain West has struggled in March. They've been able to assemble at-large teams the last handful of years after a, a few years as a one-bid league. But San Diego State, of course, to no surprise, I think this is going to be one of the top 10, top 15 teams in America. They probably won't be placed there in a preseason A people. I do think that's something that they will have to earn throughout the season. But defensively, I don't think that there is going to be a better defense in America than San Diego State. They were right there. I believe they finished second last year in adjusted defensive efficiency. When In speaking with Brian Dutcher, he said he has every reason to believe that they have room to grow on the defensive side, which <laughs> through number two, there isn't really a whole lot of room to grow, but he's confident that this team can be a lot better. I love Darion Trammell. He's a transfer coming over from Seattle U. I think he's going to have a big impact at the point guard position. He's a great fit for that offense. And the additions of, of Micah Parrish, Darion Trammell, I think it's going to allow some of the pressure to be taken off of Matt Bradley, who just carried such a massive workload this past season. And to be honest, I think that's the reason why San Diego State didn't have a further run last year was because there just was so much weight 
on Matt Bradley because they just didn't have other offensive weapons. And you bring in Tramel Parrish, a ton of hype that has been uh, been surrounding the Jaden Ladiu. We've spoken about several times already on this show, coming over as a redshirt transfer, a lot of hype around him. So that's really to no surprise. But I will say throughout the rest of the conference, at least from the Mount West side, I think some of the teams that people need to keep a note on, I would say, is New Mexico being one of them. Uh, with with Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn, those two were excellent. They're two returning all-conference guys. There really isn't a team in the conference outside of San Diego State that has as much returning production as New Mexico this year, and that continuity that has been something that's been lost on the UNM program in recent years. They also have some pretty high-level additions with Josiah Alec coming over, who's been a productive kind of a point-forward skill set, Morris Daisy from Wichita State is going to take up a lot of room down low. So I think that's a dangerous team that people can uh, look out for. And with Boise State, they had a tremendous year, uh, one of the best years of Leon Rice's tenure there. Even though they lose several starters, I am still confident in what Boise State can bring to the table. I think they have some high potential guys that they have coming in that's going to allow this roster to develop over time. And I would not be surprised if by year's end, Tyson Dagenhart is considered a, a player of the year choice. He had just an excellent freshman season. Could potentially develop into one of the best shooters in America. He's going to have a, a tremendous season. And then overall on the WAC side, man, that is a tough conference to project. I'd be curious on how you have it, but as of right now, I'd say there are probably five to six legitimate title contenders at this point. It's just a, a ridiculously challenging league, for better or worse. Teams like Lamar, Incarnate Word, and Chicago State aren't, aren't part of this conference. Ultimately, raises the floor for what this what this conference looks like because. You could talk about a team like Cal Baptist, which is probably one of the most successful programs this offseason as far as what they did in the transfer portal, bringing in some really high-level guys. They brought in Joe Quintana from Royal Marymount. They brought in uh, Blondo Chicano from New Hampshire, who had a really big year. Also, Riley Batten from Utah. They have Timothy Egoefe from Georgetown, who's a rim protector. They had a, a stellar stellar offseason and also pair it with Taryn Armstrong who might be one of the best four leaders in America and to be quite honest with you I don't necessarily know if Cal Baptist can break the top half in the whack it's just such a deep league the defenses in this conference they had as many top 60 defenses as the entire ACC last year New Mexico State's got a change another guard with a head coaching change Grand Canyon's got a ton of talent it's going to be fascinating to see how this league plays out but it is a deep deep conference and if you have yourself an ESPN plus subscription and you don't mind uh, staying up late to watch some college basketball. This is a very, very entertaining league to watch. Abilene Christian, also why it's getting Joe Pleasant back, who was their top rebounder when they want to make him the NCAA tournament. He's back from Wichita State. New Mexico State is completely new look from last year, but they bring in Xavier Pinson. He was absolutely incredible at LSU. He's a ball hawk. Stephen F. Austin, they do incredible work. Tarleton State has a little bit of talent on their roster as well. You're able to just look down the line. I think the same used to say it's fair to say that they're going to probably take a t- step back along with Seattle because you were talking about Trammell going over there to San Diego State. So that does wind up hurting them a little bit. But I'm in total agreement with you. The whack is going to be so fascinating. And what else is going to be interesting is to take a look at all the work that you guys are doing this offseason over there at Heat Check CBB. I know you guys are hard at work on the Albanac. You wanted just laying it out a minute ago, but I know you got a few other irons in the fire as well. So, Eli, both the good people at home know how they're able to get all of your work and follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, I appreciate it, Greg. It's starting to it's starting to cool down a little bit. It starts feeling a little bit more like college basketball season in the air a little bit. We're just really excited to get going. We've got plenty of stuff that we're marketing and going towards the Almanac. So, if you don't have a copy, 
copy yet, I highly encourage you to pick up a copy. We think for the price point, you're getting a ton of value, tons of scoop for every single team across America. We interviewed every head coach, got scoop on the rosters, made sure the projections are as accurate as we possibly could get them. Just for me personally, it's going to be a great resource as I try to piece together a lot of these teams and understand what these teams look like heading into the year, which as we have more D1 teams every single season, the task just becomes that much more challenging and time-consuming every single season. So we've got that coming out later this month. Of course, there's plenty of content that will be coming our way in the months to come as we get ready for another exciting college basketball season. So appreciate it as always, Greg. And as always, people can follow us at HeatCheckCBB on our social media handles and HeatCheckCBB.com for all of our written content. And to Eli's point, it never becomes a situation where we wind up having fewer teams in college basketball. It just winds <laughs> up growing and growing. And yeah, absolutely love it. Teams like Lindenwood, Queens NC coming up to the D1 level. Always love to be able to take a look at their prospects and what I always love is talking to folks that are knowledgeable about college basketball. Eli certainly checks that box, does absolutely amazing work over at Heat Check CBB. A big thanks to him for joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops, now part of the VC Family Podcast. Coming next, it is that time podcast. It give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball on both Wednesday and also a little bit from Tuesday as well. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. And we're back here in Lovey Las Vegas for Jessica Soups with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. Always great to get Eli aboard. He does amazing work at each XCBB. Just taking a look at the game of basketball all 12 months of the year. He, much like myself, based out here on the West Coast, always appreciate his efforts and appreciate the efforts of all the gentlemen over there at each XCBB. So, big thanks to him for joining me in my segment. Now it is that time the podcast set. i give you a little bit of a recap of what we've seen the last few days in college basketball. We're going pretty much last 48 hours. We've seen a little bit of player movement. We've had over 1,780 players enter into the transfer portal. And north of 40% of these guys have not landed on a school for this upcoming season. We're seeing, as a result, a lot of guys go from the D1 level to the non-D1 level. Belmont Abbey, a relatively solid D2 school. They wound up picking up a pair of guys. Wade Jackson, last season, he was at Loyola, Maryland. He wound up putting up right around 2.5 points per game. Not a guy that I expected was going to be too much of an X factor this season. He has decided that he's going to be going down to the non-D1 level along with Lucas Saleh. Saleh was playing at Buffalo last season, wound up only seeing action in 10 games, two points, a rebound per contest. Very easy for your handicap. All you need to note is that these gentlemen, they were at the D1 level. They are no longer at the D1 level. Cross them off your list of guys that you need to evaluate and move on. Same can go for Ahmad Harrison. He was at Fordham. I don't think that he wanted playing 
a single game for them. So he is a guy that you really don't need to worry about. He is no longer going to be at the D1 level as he actually did wind up averaging right around 1.2 points per game when he's at Fordham, but certainly not a guy that you thought was going to be too much of an X factor. We're still seeing guys enter into the transfer portal, by the way, as Miles Brookins. He was last season at Cal State Northridge and someone that began his career at LaSalle. This is going to be a rare sixth year from him. He had a little bit of production. He was out there for CSUN, but across three years, he wound up playing a grand total of 12 games for them after he was actually a starter at LaSalle during the 2018-19 season. Very well-traveled man overall for his career. Has averaged right around four and a half points per contest. Not necessarily a guy that shoots threes well as he's six foot nine, a little bit of a combo player. So he'll give you a couple of rebounds per game. He's still trying to latch on with his school. This one is a little bit of a tough one as Taron Todd. He was a former top 250 or so recruit. He was at New Mexico last season. He has decided that he is going to be going down to Northwest Florida State College. And you will find this quite often from guys that they wind up having a little bit of a rough go of it at the D1 level. They go down to the NAIA slash junior college level for a year. And then they try to resurface because Todd is someone that I thought was going to be able to bust out a little bit at TCU. Was never able to find his footing there. He wound up averaging right around four and a half points per contest. Did you 38.5% from three during the 2020-21 season? He expected that when he wound up going to New Mexico, he would be able to flourish. And wound up averaging 4.2 points per contest. So now he goes down to Northwest Florida State College, looking to pretty much revitalize his career. And Jay Pell is going to look to revitalize his career as well. He was at Jacksonville State and two seasons ago, he was a starter. He started 21 games, averaged 5.2 points, four and a half boards, was able to chip in there a little bit under a block per contest. Only shot about 26% from three, but at six foot nine, capable of shooting threes. Last season saw a tip in production. Wound up averaging three points per contest. He goes to a Campbell team that they are going to be rebuilding with Campbell. They wound up losing a whole heck of a lot of pieces from last season, including really their main guy in Cedric Henderson, who wound up going down to Arizona. I think that out of their top six scorers from last season, four were either fourth or fifth year seniors. So that winds up putting them behind the eight ball. So Pal should be able to come in right away. And with the size in the Big South in general, he should be one of the better big men in that conference as well. So that's a relatively good gift for Campbell. And hopefully this podcast is a good gift for your bankroll because we're looking to get you set for the upcoming college basketball season here in the offseason, give you guys the news and notes and everything that you need to be prepared for the upcoming season and also continuing on with the conference previews as well. We only have a few low to mid-major conferences to uh, still do. The WAC, the Sun Belt, along with the SWAC and the SOCON. Those are the low to mid-major conferences and then we wind up getting into the A-10 and all of your power ones. The Big East, the... Big 10, Big 12, list goes on and on. So we've got a lot coming up here in the last two months of the offseason. Then once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So if you do like dreaming from this fine podcast, go to Soups. You're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to send. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. They mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five-star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the entirety of the year. And that means that I'm going to be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. <laughs> 